Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it, we keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Hillary. And I'm Amy. And with us, we have Joel Berry from the Babylon Bee. Hey. <laughs> I consider this a moment of arrival for, for Mama Bear Apologetics that the Babylon Bee would come on our show. Um, but they too have uh, just released a book in the Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness. But um, we're not going to talk about the book because you can go get the book. Um, and where can they get the book, Joel? Uh, anywhere fine books are sold, uh, yep. Amazon, Barnes Noble, Books a Million. Uh, here pretty soon, probably in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have it up on our store, the BabylonBee.com, too, ah. so you can buy it directly from us. Very cool. Yep. Uh, so we're going to go through a couple of questions with him today, just uh, some of the more serious questions and then some of the more fun questions, because you can't talk to the Babylon Bee and keep it all theological, <laughs> but we're going to make it a little theological. I love um, it. But- and I, before we start, I, I just got to say, I love the name of your podcast, Mama oh. Bear. Thank Apologetics. You. It's been it's been a good year for mama bears. I feel like it it's, has. Uh, been... I, I have people sending me stuff. They're like, are you involved with this? Are you involved with this? Because it's like different people coming up, especially with all the school board stuff going uh-huh. on, uh-huh. Uh, saying it's like mama bears are rising up. And they're like, I thought they were going to mention your organization, but no, they didn't. Unfortunately. Well, you know, p- part of me, part of me somehow wishes that uh, that the left would keep uh, pressing um, these issues because you, you mess with uh, a mama bear's kids. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's a surefire way to, to, uh, to invite trouble on yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. You just opened up a can that you cannot close. So that's right. Beware. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I kind of like to think that whenever God, cause the mama bear name, what like came to me back in, I don't know, 2015, uh, was it 2015? I might've even been 2014 before we like long before we started, yeah. And there was just like this thing, this, this has to happen. So I figure when, when God speaks, he very rarely talks to just one person. So I think he's been right. raising up mama bears for quite a while because he knew there was going to be a time to come when basically when people need to put their big kid panties on and yeah. mama bears are going to get it done. Yeah. Um, well, so- I, I hope he continues to do so. Yes, I agree. Uh, I absolutely agree. And I, I love seeing what what the women are doing. They are they are they are waking up and people are discovering mm-hmm. it. It's not a not a pretty sight if you if you get in the way. <laughs> yeah, um, so for those of our, um, our audience who do not, I mean, if you've been living under a rock, um, that don't <laughs> know what the Babylon Bee is. Um, so tell us who you are, kind of how you started and what kind mm-hmm. of the mission is behind the Babylon Bee. Yeah, so uh, my name is Joel Berry. I, I know, I guess you've introduced me. I'm not good at this. Um, I'm the managing editor <laughs> of the Babylon Bee. I came on a, about two years ago is when I started working for the Bee. Uh, but the Bee's been around for a little over four years. Uh, it was uh, founded by a guy named Adam Ford. And uh, we were kind of inspired by what the Onion does. So if you're mm-hmm. familiar with the Onion, mm-hmm. kind of the, the very dry AP style news uh, headlines that are satirical in nature, um, he, he got the idea for the first time after reading an Onion headline, uh, after the Obergefell decision, when mm. uh, the Supreme Court redefined what marriage is, 
And the onion headline was actually pretty clever. And it, it, it kind of made him chuckle in spite of himself. And it went like um, four Supreme Court justices suddenly realized they will be the villains in an upcoming Oscar winning movie. <laughs> and right. Right. You're laughing. It's 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 we don't agree with their perspective, obviously, mm -hmm. but you kind of you, you can't help but chuckle at the cleverness of the joke. And so Adam thought, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't Christians doing this? I mean, we have there's plenty, plenty of stuff on our side that, that for us to laugh about. And so. Mm -hmm. He started the Babylon Bee kind of just on a whim. Um, Kyle Mann came along soon after, and I don't think anyone guessed how big it would get. Mm -mm. Um, it got huge very quickly, uh, started out doing mostly church humor, you know, inside uh, church jokes, and um, it just grew from there. So I, I started as a fan myself. I was a subscriber. I started writing for the Bee in my kind of part time. I, I was in sales before that. And um uh, kind of one thing led to another. I guess I had a knack for it and they, they brought me on full time. So I've been doing that ever since. It's a, nice. it's a blast. Nice. Um, and so what do you see as kind of the role of humor playing in, you know, apologetics, evangelism, and just kind of that whole culture? Yeah. Well, humor is a, a really powerful thing because, mm -hmm. you know, a, a lot of times it has a way of, of cutting through the noise uh, more quickly and more effectively than, you know, say a a book or a 12 page think piece, uh, yeah. might do, um, when you can just kind of cut to the heart of things, say it in a, uh, a witty way and make people laugh in spite of themselves, whether or not they agree with you. Um, it has a way of kind of stirring up that conversation, uh, very effectively. And I think that's something that traditionally, um, the secular world has been very good at. I mean, mm -hmm. they've, they've always been very effective at, uh, selling their point of view, their worldview, uh, through humor uh, in, in a very winsome way. And so mm -hmm. it's, it is heartening to see Christians uh, catching on to that uh, as, as they are. So I, I hope that the Babylon Bee will really be just the first of many of, of mm -hmm. these sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, what are some examples do you, do you have of like where you've seen something or maybe you've gotten an email from somewhere where, you know, you were kind of making a joke at something, but they revealed, wow, that, that actually caused them to start thinking about the issues. Can you think of any particular times? Um, no, I, I can't think of any specific times related to a specific article, but mm -hmm. we do get a lot of, um, a lot of emails, a lot of letters from people who, um, kind of started out as, as casual fans who were either agnostics, atheists, uh, you know, moderate progressives, mm -hmm. um, and just enjoyed the, the silliness of our content. Um, and we've had people convert uh, and become Christians, uh, in part due to, to our influence, which we think is, it's, I mean, it's hilarious yeah. that, that God is using us that way. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think generally speaking, the feedback, um, you know, centers around the idea that, you know, um, people don't expect Christians to be funny. You know, we yeah. kind of have this, we kind of have this, uh, this reputation as being these dour, self-important, self-righteous, you know, mm -hmm. group of people. And, and I think, um, for a lot of folks, you know, what the B does uh, in, in pointing the satire towards ourselves. I mean, we make fun of ourselves a lot. Um, yep. I think I think it kind of humanizes us a little bit or and, and causes people to maybe uh, give our point of view a, a second look or, or yeah. consider it more than they they otherwise would. Yeah. Or sometimes it's like um, to, to recognize that we're not immune from doing ridiculous things. And when someone can point yeah. it out a way, when you laugh, 
instead of someone just straight up criticizing. It's like, you can almost receive that critique better. And that is something that we as Christians need to be doing is, you know, a lot of time, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, unbelievers, it's just wickedness loves wickedness, dark loves dark, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of examples where it is someone who has been hurt by the church um, that has a legitimate grievance and we're not looking closely at it. And then when we can put it in a way to where it's like, ha ha, ha, Ooh, that's kind of (laughs) true. We can kind of self critique a little bit. Yeah. I think part of the, the involuntary laughter that comes from laughing at a funny joke is rooted in this, this very subconscious shared acknowledgement of, of mankind's like sinfulness, or you Mm -hmm. could say silliness, you know, sin is missing the mark. And, um, I almost, I, I liken it to slipping on a banana peel. I mean, there's, you know, we are all, whether we're Christians, whether we're on the right or the left, um, we all are very proud, self-important people. Many times uh, we are hypocrites. We fail um, all the time. And um, I think a good joke can kind of remind people of that, that, that we're all in the same boat, you yeah. know, ultimately in our, from our perspective, you know, we're in the same boat before God as sinners and, and um, being able to, to kind of subtly remind people of that, I think is, is usually the start of a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Agreed. No, any, any thoughts? No, no. I'm just, I'm just thinking about, you know, one thing I've noticed, especially within ministry is yeah. Like you said, there's almost this sort of unspoken rule that you're not allowed to be funny in yeah. ministry. And it's funny because I've been on podcasts before with pastors who have actually gotten emails and kind of like hate mail, so to speak, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you were laughing during this discussion of theology. How dare you be so <laughs> irreverent? And it's like, oh my goodness, did you not see Elijah? I mean, that dude was snarky to the core. Yes, oh, he yeah. was. Is your God <laughs> sitting on a toilet? Oh, yeah, it's maybe he's asleep. <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's one thing I've noticed, uh, and probably you have too, is that when you can when you can be lighthearted and actually have a personality, so to speak, when it comes to ministry, <laughs> people are so excited. There's so many people that have come up and like, oh my gosh, you're like a human being. Uh, we can actually <laughs> laugh and joke. And and uh, and uh, have you noticed that it sort of and maybe we already asked this, but it allows for more conversation. Like it allows that vulnerability there of, okay, you know, we can both recognize that we're not trying to one up one another theologically that we can just kind of goof around and just have these discussions. And it sort of takes the tension out of things. Yes. Yeah. I I'm always kind of dumbfounded by, cause I, man, I get the question in almost every single interview, some, some form of the, the, the question, you know, how do you reconcile what you do in telling jokes with your Christianity. Really? And I'm always, I'm always yes. like, what is that? Like, what kind of a question is What's that? What's there to I, reconcile, I see man? There near, I see there being no conflict there. And, and you gave a great example with, with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at the book of Isaiah, like the way he mocked their idolatry, you know, make sure you uh, like nail down your idol because it, it might fall over in the wind, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, even Jesus, I, I think a lot of the humor gets lost in translation over time and culture yeah. and, and language differences. But, you know, things that he said, you know, kind of hyperbolic things like, like, you know, it's easier for um, a, a camel to walk through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of a humorous, satirical statement. I mean, it almost sounds like it could be a Babylon Bee article yeah. or a yeah. headline. And so I think, yeah, there's there's plenty of, of examples in the Bible that um, that really um, that tell us that humor is is. Yeah, it's, it's a part of the human experience. God created mm-hmm. humor. There's no conflict with Christianity. And and I think that, yeah, we we have to. We have to have the confidence as Christians um, in our worldview 
uh, to know that, you know, our worldview can stand up to a little lighthearted ribbing every now mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, G.K. Chesterton uh, at the B, we're big fans of the, the great English writer G.K. Chesterton. And one of the things he said was that the test of a good religion is whether or not you can laugh at it. And, <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we know that if, you know, if our worldview can, can stand up to, to a little bit of laughter, mm-hmm. we kind of throw the challenge out there, you know, can your worldview do the same, you know, and, and for a lot of people in the woke movement that that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good point of just the idea can it withstand that, uh, that laughter. So one of the things that we're seeing happening is um, anybody who like all comedians are getting canceled and like some of the movies that you watch in retrospect that <laughs> my husband and I'll be sitting there going, oh, you couldn't make that joke nowadays. I mean, Blazing Saddles would have never happened um, <laughs> in, in the time here. What do you what do you see? We have as, as a society, some of the consequences of making humor so serious and not being able to laugh. Like what, what do you see like maybe happening as on a societal level, on a humanity level with Mm -hmm. taking out that piece of humanity? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, all I, all I know is that it's not good. (laughs) It's, it's um, you know, the, the example you gave of blazing saddles. I, I think, I feel like um, we, there the, the jokes in that that film um, were almost described a healthier uh, uh, a healthier culture than than what we have now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you you joke with your friends, you know, you joke yes. with people that that yes. you love and care about. You know, I if you could be a fly on the wall at my Thanksgiving dinners, you know, that's <laughs> our our love language is sarcasm. We just yes. roast each other all day. Uh-huh. We, love yeah. we love it, you know, and um, when you when you take that away from people, um, you know, and, and it's, it's just been this perfect storm of, you know, what happened last year uh, with kind of like George Floyd and the, and the BLM and then the lockdowns, we kind of, we were, we were locked down in our homes. It became a virtuous thing to cut yourself off from your friends and neighbors. And um, it became a lot easier to see other people in terms of, you know, the, the flag that's on their profile picture or the, you know, the ideological, you know, screeds that they post online. Um, and you, you, you really lose a lot of that, just um, the silliness that comes in, in, in the awkwardness and the humor that comes in just everyday human interactions. And so yeah. I, you know, it's, I don't know. Um, I don't know where this is going, but I hope we get it back because um, it's, it's really bad. I, I, you, you talk to, you talk to people who survived, you know, the, the Soviet Union and, and some of these awful totalitarian regimes, they say that uh, humor was kind of the last thing to die. Like mm. when when humor is gone, you know that there's like you've reached the point of no return. And so yeah. um, we I hope we're, we're fighting. For, you know, I think there's promising signs. You see people like Dave Chappelle, uh, Bill yes. Maher, mm-hmm. who, you know, in spite of the fact that there are on the left and we don't agree with their worldview. They, they still have this allegiance to the truth that is, is causing them to take these courageous stands mm-hmm. against this kind of this woke culture. So I, I'm encouraged. I hope the pendulum swings back the other way. Yeah, I do too. And, and in fact, I think that like, um, if you think about all the lockdowns and what was happening, we just have, I mean, if you look at all the studies, like mental health has just plummeted mm, for yeah. people. And I see humor as being like this great tension breaker. Um, I have uh, one of my best examples is, um, the, have you ever heard of the Bible and Beer Consortium that's in Dallas, Texas? 
No. Okay. I think y'all would love it. Um, so it's done by this guy named Ezra Boggs, uh, and, uh, they're sponsored by like different um, tobacco or not, not tobacco, but like pipe breweries. people. Yeah. And breweries yeah, awesome. and stuff like that. So he's got like one of those long, like prophetic beards and <laughs> <laughs> smokes up. Sounds like, just... sounds like my people. <laughs> yeah. He looks like an Ezra, but um, so he has uh, Christians and atheists come together at different times, like at different bars or whatever. And then they'll have a speaker. They'll either have a Christian speaker or they'll, or they'll have um, a debate like William Lane Craig has done, Oh, well. uh, you know, debates or presentations, and you'll have half the room that's atheist there. And there's this one night where, uh, are you familiar with who Dan Barker is? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, he, he yeah. started the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Yeah. Very, yeah. very anti-religious of anything. It's like, this is the group that tried to get the Star of David taken down at the mm -hmm. Holocaust Museum. Like, the, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter which kind of religion, they just want freedom from religion. Um, so it was him and a friend of mine, Justin Bass, who's a pastor, and this is in Texas. And I can't remember what month. It wasn't like super duper hot, but it, it's still Texas. So it's hot enough. Yeah. The air conditioning went out. Oh, no. And so we have Justin Bass and Dan Barker up there and things are getting tense, tense, tense. And you can feel people starting to just bristle because it's also hot. Yeah. And come time for the q and I, I lean over to my husband. I said, you've got to break the tension. This is about to explode. Um, and so my husband gets up to ask this question, but first he's like, you know, you, we may come from different perspectives, but I think we can all agree that we now have a closer idea of the doctrine of hell <laughs> and the whole room just erupted into laughter and you could feel that tension going uh, down. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so kind of, that's what I see happening in, in our culture and that y'all are just really being able to, with all this tension that keeps building up. The Babylon Bee is one of those ones that can like kind of make people laugh and kind of break down that tension. So we're just so thankful for what you do. Well, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that we're accomplishing that. That's yeah, that's what we hope to do. So Amy has some fun questions. So that, that's our theological stuff. We wanted to talk deep, <laughs> deep worldview stuff or, you know, as yeah. deep as you can. But uh, Amy, so what are you and I came up before we started with some of these like, OK, we really got to know sort of questions. So what are some of those? Yeah. So I was just going to say that one of the things that um, even on seminary campuses where we would always get together and joke about, oh, my gosh, did you see what the bee had out? And we loved how you guys were basically equal opportunity when it came to poking fun and satire. So uh, one of the things we were really curious about is like, how has the reception been? Because yeah, you're, you're unashamed. You will go after everybody and address everyone to include the church itself. So how yeah. has that reception been? We want to being... know who's been the most offended, who's taken it like, <laughs> and just gotten <laughs> ragey over it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. The, um, probably what the group, what, the, yeah, what the, groups, no individuals, the, <laughs> the, the most vocal group, uh, I guess of, of haters, if, if for lack of a better word of the Babylon Bee would probably come from like the, like the ex-evangelical progressive Christian mm. world. Um, I think, it, and especially since I think a, a lot of them liked the be, uh, like maybe for the first couple of years, because we did make fun of Christianity a lot, but when mm -hmm. we kind of turned that canon uh, elsewhere, um, they didn't like that. So, um, we do get a lot of pushback from from that uh, that group, um, who's kind of uh, kind of gone all in with with the the like the woke worldview. Um, uh, now but, I know there have been. Oh, go ahead. No, but I guess the uh, surprising surprisingly, like atheists and agnostics have have been kind of some of our biggest supporters. There has been this <laughs> weird uh, alliance that's that's formed, I think, between Christians and and a lot of people who don't believe in God, just over this shared commitment to truth. I mean, yeah. you know, honest atheists are, 
are so because they believe a certain thing is the truth. They, they value the truth. And so um, it has been weird to see uh, we have, we do have a lot of support supporters in kind of the, the atheist world um, as well as the, the more the conservative Christian world, progressive Christians can't stand us. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's so uh, funny. I, I would have thought they'd been more supportive. No, yeah. no, they, I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of what we do kind of goes after like, you know, what we're doing with this book, the wokeness, which, mm-hmm. which has really made its way into a lot of the church. And, and maybe we can talk about that later, but there has been this, um, this infiltration of, of kind of the, like the neo-Marxist uh, oppressor versus oppressed uh, worldview, um, racial politics and things like that in the yeah. church. And I think those, those folks particularly have been pretty sensitive to, to our satire. Yeah. Mm. Well, that makes sense. Um, so I got a quick question because I I've seen this come up before. How many times have y'all been taken seriously? Like I, and I've heard, I've, there was one instance a few years ago where they actually took your news report and I, I'm blanking on what it was, but I feel they, like it was CNN maybe. Yeah. They took uh-huh. it seriously. So ha- how many times has that happened or what has been like the silliest instance yeah. of people genuinely <laughs> thinking you're reporting authentic news? Yeah, there, there's been a few, I think the, the two that come to mind, um, you know, maybe two or three years ago, we, we ran a headline that says, uh, you know, Trump says, I have done more for Christianity than Jesus. <laughs> and um, that was that one got a lot of people because that you can actually picture Trump saying I can picture like Trump that. saying you really can. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that went that went viral for that reason. A lot of people believed it. Uh, the other one that I thought was pretty funny that that people um, a lot of folks on the left believe and they they loved it. They actually were very inspired by it was um, after uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, we ran a headline that said, uh, like, LeBron James wears like a, a, ra- a lace collar yes. uh, to commemorate RBG. And we had him there with his like his judge's lace collar. Mm-hmm. And um, that went mega viral. Like the, the editor in chief of Elle magazine in New York shared it. It went viral, like in fashion circles in Paris. Like everyone was so inspired by this thing. Like, you know, the LeBron had, had <laughs> honored RBG in such a touching way. And so, you know, that. <laughs> That's, that's what part of what makes satire work is is like you have to kind of be very close to the truth for it to hit right so we're just yeah. we're essentially exaggerating the truth a little bit and um did lebron that. ever reach out like have you ever had any of the celebrities <laughs> that you've written about be like man that was that was solid stuff thanks that's hilarious yeah we had so uh during the lockdowns we had um Patton oswald i don't know if you're familiar with him he's a comedian he voiced uh like uh the rat and ratatouille and he does a lot of oh movies. yeah i love that movie. So, <laughs> i knew that would get you um, <laughs> um um, I love that movie too, but anyway, um, he had said something about, uh, like during the lockdowns, he had, he had made this comment, like, you know, all these conservatives, you know, uh, they're, they just want to go to their dumb Fuddruckers, uh, burger joint and, and, you know, they're so selfish for wanting to leave their homes and stuff like that. So we, we had published this article, uh, and the headline was, uh, celebrities spell out, we're all in this together with their yachts. yachts. I we, remember that one too. So, kind of this Tom commentary on the, like the out of touch celebrity. And he, he retweeted that joke basically saying uh, like, you guys got me good um, way to go. I like, I I've been owned, you know? Ah, yes. And so, that's like um, the best possible scenario right there. I, I absolutely. I, I love it. And that's, that's one thing that about comedy, kind of like what I alluded to earlier, even if you don't agree with the other side, you kind of can respect the joke and, and comedians kind of do have that mutual respect for each other. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's fun when we can make the other side laugh. Yeah. 
I love just the way that it builds bridges. Um, so like fun, you know, other story, I actually wrote a paper on the role of humor uh, in, in college. And it was after, I don't know if I planned on it. I watched and I, for the life of me, I can't remember which movie it's um, a Nicolas Cage movie where uh, he has gotten like captured by a bunch of terrorists and they're all standing around looking all mean and angry i think that's and, every um, nicholas cage movie yeah right <laughs> i know right I except know. for Which, the christmas one Which one yeah. is it um but what he does is he starts telling yo mama so fat jokes <laughs> and it's like these hardened burly muscly guys are like kind of all serious at first and then they start kind of going oh. <laughs> tell us another one tell us another one and he keeps going until they drop their guns and then of course he you know beats them all to sm yeah. smithereens and <laughs> escapes but it's like this idea of humor being disarming yeah i think yeah. is a very real thing and that was just like this like almost tangible picture of what that looked like it was someone actually armed and getting disarmed with humor <laughs> yeah. um and it sounds like uh, that's one of the ways that we build bridges really and and we yeah. always need to start with ourselves you can't start out with just making fun of someone else you have to do it to yourself which is why i think the babylon Bee was so successful yeah. is you started with you know us first you started with the church first to where right. it was clear it's not just a bunch of bitter people that are just trying to parody everybody else's yeah. views we're parodying ourselves first and yeah. you know that that good self-effacing humor it just it really goes a long way so Absolutely. um I, I i love that y'all are keeping that alive i love that you're building bridges i love that people you know even like um and of course his mind just uh, dave Chappelle don't agree mm -hmm. with a lot of stuff that dave Chappelle thinks but i like that we have this one little area where we can be on the same side and that's yeah. that's part of what it means to to be salt and light is to be we're not always against everything. We don't have to take everything so yeah. seriously, but we can stand together as in humanity right. um, yeah. and to support each other. And there's something beautiful about that, the way, you know, that God designed us to be, you know, even if, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's kind of like that great um, back in, I think it was World War II where they had that ceasefire on Christmas. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm the like on the war in christmas uh, no it was it was uh you had the oh Germans, during world war one uh was that world war one world war one yeah and they, they, um, it's christmas they, and they like start singing and eventually yeah. they all come out and they're sharing pictures and gifts and stuff like that yeah. it was like this one day that brought them together even though they're normal enemies and i think that humor can kind of do the same thing you know normally we would be opponents uh, you know ideologically but we've got this thing that we can share mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's the hope. You know, I, I would love to see that. I, I think, um, you know, there's going to have to be a lot more of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the bee, we kind of have our own little section of the Internet uh, in the culture, I guess. But um, I, I hope what we're doing encourages more of that. I, I, I think it could be really healing for for our country and our culture, for sure. Yep. Healing. I like that. Mm -hmm. So on that note, uh, we will um, we will end. But Amy, would you, would you like to pray us out? Sure. Father God, we are so grateful that we were able to gather here and share some laughs and talks about just an important aspect of evangelism and reaching people for you. And, and Lord, we just pray for a hand of protection uh, over Babylon Bee Ministry because they are doing outreach and they're doing great things. And we're just so grateful to be able to, to come and, and laugh and be able to learn and grow from one another. And just thank you for every moment you give us together. In your name, amen. Amen. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com.
We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together.